0: We've all heard the famous Mark Twain quote, find a job you enjoy doing and you will never have to work a day in your life. However, in response to that, I can't help but think of the Smiths lyric, I was looking for a job and then I found a job. I kid, I kid. Although I have been thinking about jobs quite a bit in my free time lately, I find myself wondering what people do for a living and whether they are genuinely happy with their work. And we're all familiar with the common job titles, registered nurse, server, customer service representatives. And even if you've never worked in those fields, you could probably piece together what a typical day in those professions look like with just a few minutes of thought. But what about the jobs we rarely think about? You know, those situations at dinner parties when someone mentions a job title and you're left scrambling to figure out what field it's even associated with? These are what we call odd jobs. And for this entire month on Uniquely Milwaukee, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the people who fill these roles and learn about their daily lives. Our first featured individual is someone that helps us get through our early mornings. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Sadam and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. When you think of a city that's a haven for coffee lovers, Seattle and San Francisco might come to mind. But Milwaukee stands out in its own right when it comes to coffee shops. If you take a look around your neighborhood, you'll notice new locally owned coffee shops are sprouting up on every corner. However, back in 1993, two major Milwaukee coffee roasters had their breakthrough moment. Collectivo, formerly known as Altera Coffee, and Stone Creek were instrumental in putting Milwaukee's coffee scene on the map. This was a logical development since in the 90s, coffee was often described as the new safe drug as reported by the LA Times. This trend was driven by a growing number of Americans choosing coffee houses over bars and the portrayal of coffee culture in 90s TV shows. I mean, nearly every episode of Friends featured characters meeting at the iconic Central Park Cafe. But back to Milwaukee. Fast forward to 2023, 30 years later, Collectivo has expanded to over 20 locations in three major cities, Milwaukee, Madison, and Chicago. It has become a staple not only for Milwaukee residents, but also customers in Chicago who some believe as their own local coffee chain. And some days are just instantly better when you step into your local coffee shop in the morning and you hear that soft buzz of conversation, the hiss of steam, and the rich scent of coffee beans roasting, creating an inviting atmosphere. It's not just about caffeine. It's about the human connection that goes into that first sip of your favorite brew carefully crafted by skill hands. And it feels like a treat, and it's a reminder of the dedication that goes into every cup. And if you're a regular at Collectivo, one thing that you might not really think about, but you see, is their specialty seasonal drinks menu. Right now, one of them is the Power Cold Brew Chocolate Banana Smoothie, or their Chai Pear Spritz. It's the same seasonal menu on every Colectivo cafe in 20 locations in three major cities, but only one person is tasked with the responsibility of meticulously crafting this menu. And I got to talk to her about her odd job as a beverage category manager. My coworker, DJ Brewer, and I headed over to Collectivo's headquarters on Humboldt Boulevard on a Friday afternoon, and the building was established in 2007, and it houses Collectivo's main roasting facility, its barista's training program, a full and functioning cafe, but unlike many other cafes, behind the counter, you get to see how the coffee is roasted. I spent a day with Emma Cowan, Collectivo's beverage category manager, and we started our day inside the cupping room where the fun begins before the coffee is even roasted.
1: This is where we taste all of the like coffee samples that we get in. We recently got a new like sample roaster over here, so it's been a little bit easier for us to like process more samples more quickly. Um, and you can see here that there's all of these like different coffees. We do samples of our production roasts. We do samples of things that different importers just like send us. Um, so that's what like all of these bags are. It's the like green coffee.
0: Green coffee refers to coffee beans that have not been roasted. So basically they're the seeds of the coffee cherry and they are green in color before the roasting process. So don't worry, there's like no green swampy Shrek coffee unless they want to add that to their specialty menu. Do you know what type of like coffee sample or like coffee bean that you guys are looking for?
1: Um, it depends on a few different things. So we have like different categories that we are looking for for like our yearly offerings. But right now is kind of a fun time because we are tasting what we have sampled previously for our holiday coffees. We got in some samples that fit like a like profile that would be good for a darker roast coffee. We got some that would be like really exciting for like a single origin coffee. We also have a featured farm box that's coming. So we got a bunch of samples in for that.
0: After spending some time looking at the bean samples, we walked past these giant brewing kettles, basically the same type of kettles and brewing equipment used for beer, a training room. We didn't want to interrupt the future baristas, but we did peep through a window and they were taking an espresso 101 class.
1: They are learning seed to cup right now. That's a video that we produced a while ago about where coffee comes from and how it grows. After
0: navigating a series of mazes and hallways, we found ourselves going through a large fulfillment room that led us to Emma's office. And according to Emma, her office had a major makeover because it was once a closet, but now it's a space with a functional couch, a functional desk, and a well-equipped coffee station, and even a small content creation corner where they film their creative projects. I sat down with Emma to learn about their job as a beverage category manager, a job that didn't even exist before.
1: When I started here I was a barista at the Lakefront. Lakefront's the best, shout out Lakefront. And then I moved on into the um we have an in-store training role called Lightning Rods. So they do all of the like barista training in each of our stores. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a little bit and then I moved into the training department in the offices here. And around that same time that I was becoming a lightning rod and then becoming a trainer, we launched our first featured drinks menu. We called it the cold drinks menu because it was, I mean, it was in August. So it was a little interesting timing, but that was our first like try at making featured drinks. It wasn't a thing really before. So once I joined the training department, the leadership at the time really wanted us to have like seasonal menus, but we were just trying to figure it out, like how, to do it for, we had, I think, 17 or 18 stores at the time. And it just kind of fell into my lap that I was working on a lot of those featured drinks with my boss at the time. His name's Kyle Connor. We worked on that together for a really long time. And I was balancing doing like training for baristas and also making the drinks for the menus. Uh, and it was through there that I was able to like write up a position for the drink innovation specialist. Mm -hmm. So then it was like actually my role and responsibility to make all of the drinks. And then the position still didn't fit quite right. So last December, my new boss, Tom, and I talked about how we could make the role more like make it better for me and for the company. Um, and that's where Beverage Category Manager came from.
0: That's just so exciting because it shows that if you feel like there's something missing in a, in a maybe a company or career, you can kind of make it your own and there's always that room for opportunity. So I love that you did that. Yeah. For those that don't know, can you walk us through what your day looks like in this role?
1: Yeah, totally. So it, is different every day which I really enjoy it's nice to come into the office and have many different tasks that I work on so I like to come in and pretty much the first thing that I do is make coffee um, in the cupping room that we were in before one of my good friends and co-workers Lisa we like to talk about like which coffees we're interested in um, so we make coffee together we talk about it um, and then I kind of get going on my day so Some of it's emails, some of it is, um, testing samples. I, depending on the time of year, I'm working on like materials and training for, um, the menu that we're about to launch, or I will be working on like developing the drinks that we are making. So I'll have like an R and D day, um, where I just try a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. I, travel often to like Madison and Chicago. We have monthly meetings there. So sometimes that's what my day looks like. A lot of driving. I work on the content as well with my coworker, Joe Pachetti. It's really fun to like place stuff together and see like how cool it can look when it's captured, you know? Sounds fascinating. We can never get rid of emails no matter what job you have.
0: I know. Do you, you know, since you said you start your day every morning with coffee, have you ever just like not been into coffee because it's like your whole world?
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Um, I used to not like coffee at all. I made myself like coffee. Coffee. There is a story in my family about how I used to like beg to go to Starbucks, Mm -hmm. which I'm not into anymore for the record. Um, But I would beg to go to Starbucks and then I would get a vanilla bean frappuccino with no coffee in it. Um, okay. What is that then? <laughs> it's right. It's it's like ice cream. Basically, okay. it's like frappe powder, vanilla syrup, and it has whipped cream. But it's it's a white drink. Okay. It's it's milk. I'm yeah. drinking milk, <laughs> you know. Um, so in high school, I started getting into coffee. My friends and I would stop at Starbucks, and that's when I started drinking caramel macchiatos. Mm-hmm. That was my jam. Leveled up. Yep, <laughs> leveled up a little bit. And then when I came for my interview here. I remember the look on my manager's face, before this was before he hired me, but at the end of interviews, he would like let people go through the line and get a free drink. And I ordered a caramel latte and I watched his face just fall. <laughs> he did hire me, thank goodness. Um, and then we had like this training, we do like a seed to cup. Um, and my lightning rod at the time she said, yeah, go grab a mug of coffee and you can come upstairs and we can chat about coffee. And I was like, OK, um, I'll grab a mug of black coffee. <laughs> and I like snuck a raw sugar into it, but I still wasn't into it. Yeah. So it's really been like through this job that I have grown to love black coffee. And I really do now, like I will choose black coffee over a latte over whatever all the time.
0: I love that. Never judge a person by their coffee order. You never know. So do you have then a recommendation or like your best
1: coffee that you can drink or... Or is that disclosed information? Ooh, it's not disclosed information. I love talking about what coffees people <laughs> should drink. And and I do want to say, you can order whatever coffee you want. And as long as you like it, that's what matters. Um, that is my philo- philosophy for sure. Um, but I here at Collectivo, I really like our Ethiopia Cabero. That one's a really good coffee. I really like our Colombia Paso Fino. That one really never misses. It is so good all the time. It's like a little acidic, milk chocolatey, and just, just like such a drinkable coffee. So yeah. that's a that's a good one. Let's talk about specialty drinks. Do you remember the first
0: drink that you made that was on those specialty menus?
1: Yeah, the first drink that I made myself was the Eldorado latte. Um, it had a cayenne honey syrup. I was thinking about it before you came, but it was a honey cayenne syrup, with turmeric ginger chai, which is a reishi product, um, espresso and milk. So it was the turmeric ginger chai and the milk were steamed into a latte with the cayenne honey syrup and the espresso. And it was so good. It was like sweet and spicy and warming and it came out in January. So it was a great time to like have that kind of drink. Oh, it was so good. I love that. That sounds amazing. I always grew up with like Folgers because that's what my dad drinks. He's like a working
0: dad but he used to always for health reasons not for taste put turmeric in coffee so I grew up with that just kind of a spoonful as it's like you know being watered down but that sounds delicious. I love it. Um, Has there ever been a time where you're testing something out and you think it's going to work you think these combinations are going to be great Mm. and then it just does not work
1: out? Yeah that happens all the time. That happens every single time I develop a menu um because that I think that's where you get the best stuff from you know I want to try something that sounds like it'll be good and then when it's not good then it's easier to figure out how it could be better Um, so really every menu that I've ever done I have a period of time where I'm really stressed out because I can't, I can't, I can't get it, you know? It's not, it's just not working. Um, With this most recent holiday menu, um, I tried a new syrup. It's a pandan syrup. It's a leaf, it's, it's a plant, right? And the leaves from it um, are often used to like flavor sticky rice or flavor chicken. It's found in Southeast Asia. It's a really common ingredient and it has like a vanilla earthy kind of flavor. So when I was working with that, I tried it with like coconut and I tried it with caramel. Cause when you look up like what pairs well with pandan, that's kind of what comes up and then, you know, chicken. Which is not an ingredient I can use. Chicken coffee. A chicken coffee. Um, I'm not so into that, um, but I found that that worked really well with the pistachio syrup that we are using for our pistachio matcha latte. Um, and once I found it, I found it, and it tasted so good. And that drink's coming on our menu in November. We're also bringing back our classic peppermint fluff latte. So that one is a peppermint marshmallow fluff that is made in our bakery. Um, And we combine it with vanilla syrup, espresso, and steamed milk. Um, It's delicious. It is one of my favorite drinks. And I worked on that one in 2020, like during the pandemic, that was our like first really good specialty drink that came out of all of the time that we had to sit at home. I was using a mixer in my kitchen, like a stand mixer in my kitchen with a bunch of aquafaba which aquafaba is the liquid from a can of chickpeas and that was a terrible scent to have in my house but I wanted it to be vegan, and so using the aquafaba gave it the opportunity to be vegan. It is not vegan now. This was three years ago. Now we use egg whites. It's more stable and a little bit easier for our production facility. But yeah, those are two new ones coming out. I will keep the third new one a secret. Yeah, you have to come to Collectivo
0: in November, right, to yeah, see November
1: them? November 15th. November 15th.
0: Right after the break, Emma treats us with their personally crafted Pistachio Padam lattes. And DJ and I get to try and also witness the art of its creation. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station,
1: we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support.
0: Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today.
1: Do you want to try the pistachio? Yes. yes, Okay. Great. What is your milk preference?
0: I love oat milk. milk. Um, What about you? Uh, Not oat milk. Not oat oat milk. Anything else but oat milk. Once her milk preference was established, Emma needed to dial in the coffee. And dialing in is a term used in the coffee world, referring to the process of fine-tuning the variables involved in making the perfect cup of coffee. These variables could include grind size, coffee dosage, water temperature, room temperature, and even brewing time.
1: I am just weighing out our portion of pistachio pandan syrup. There is 15 grams in here. And I have to dial in our espresso. first shots of the day. Our baristas spend a good like 15, 20 minutes in the morning at the beginning of their shift, dialing in the espresso to make sure that it tastes good. For this shot, I would, I'm gonna taste it, but I, looking at it, I feel like it went too fast. Um, 24 seconds is a, you know, reasonable amount of time, um, but I would like it to take just a little bit longer to develop the flavors um, that I know that this coffee can have. And that's the thing about being an at-home barista, too, is there could be a lot of waste when when dialing in, you know? And if you're just looking for a cup of coffee, it's understandable, yeah. you know? And I like to start at 18 grams, just as, I don't know, I just have a starting point, and yeah. it happens to be 18 grams. Other baristas do other things, but I really like 18 <laughs> and I have this distribution tool to keep the grounds concentrated evenly.
0: So there's like no air pockets?
1: Yeah, no air pockets, and you wanna make sure, cause the water is gonna flow through the espresso puck. So if it's more concentrated in some areas than others, it's gonna be harder for the water to flow mm-hmm. through. So what you're looking for is like even and easy water flow. That's why an even tamp is so important, and you can kind of see that when you look at the tamper in here. You can see that it's like level all around. Oh, right. Pistachio panda.
0: Okay, first time tasting it.
1: First sips.
0: First sip. Ooh, that is very delicious. Really? Yeah, it's like, because I feel like sometimes, sometimes with pistachio, it's a little too heavy pistachio, but it balances it out, so it's, like, very light.
1: Oh, that is good. Yeah. It's very delicious. I'm not a pistachio person, so, like, I was really coming into this
0: just to try a new journey. This is a journey.
1: Good.
0: New experience for you. Proud of you for trying pistachio. Yeah, thank you so much. And
1: thank you for not telling me that you didn't like pistachio. I would have begged to make you something different. No, this is it. yeah New No, experience.
0: it's really delicious. Good.
1: What is your favorite thing about your job? My favorite thing about my job is all of the different things that I get to do every day. Like we were talking about earlier, it's not, I just come in, sit at a desk and do my thing and then go home. Like I am very involved in a lot of different things that the organization is doing. Um, I like that I get to work with different teams all the time. I get to try new things all the time. So I'm always thinking and learning you know one of my coworkers, the cutest thing he says is every day is a school day and I just really live by that it's it's amazing you know every day is a school day I love to learn Um, so yeah I love the the newness that comes with every day do
0: you have any advice for anyone that wants to get a career in something that is unexpected or odd or something that people don't really think about um, from someone that maybe kind of made their role their own any advice for anyone
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing that I've learned is, you know, how to stand up for myself and how to understand my worth and what I can offer to an organization that has maybe something missing. And that's not to say that like they're lacking, but if you see an opportunity and you know that you are good at that thing, believe that you are good at that thing and you can really create it to be your own. And it was helpful that I had people that were receptive to me and that we had a good relationship that I could say like, hey, let's do this. But really, I think anywhere you can find the space that you will fill up. And I was lucky enough to find that here.
0: If you're interested in taking a peek behind the scenes on a visual level, of our adventure at Collectivo, be sure to check out our Instagram page at Radio Milwaukee. And stay tuned for next Tuesday's episode as we continue our search for the next intriguing odd job. And this time, it's something that closely aligns with what we represent as a radio station, Milwaukee's music scene. Hi, I'm Kim Shine, Production Manager at Radio Milwaukee. Thank you to our hosts, Salam Fatayer, Tariq Moody, our executive producer, and Brett Kraskowski, who is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lahr, our graphics and wonderful logo made by Erin Bagada. Mallory Wallace is our community engagement and membership manager, and Dan Reiner and Darren Brewer handle our social media. A big thank you to city-loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode.